You're listening to the State of Love and Trust, a Pearl Jam podcast. Follow the show on social media and remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your podcast platform of choice. Now, here's Jason and Paul. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The State of Love and Trust. It's a Pearl Jam podcast, and I'm one of your two hosts, Jason Carapesi, and alongside me, as always, is Paul Gilliari. Paul, it's that time of the year. Spread the Yuletide. Tis the season, my good man. Very exciting. Very exciting. Um, I've had nothing but Christmas records spinning all day long. Hey, are you a uh, fan the, of the tree um, is lit? The tree good. is lit as it should be. It, it's been lit for a few weeks over here too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, are you a fan of the Michael Bublé? I'm not. Fuck <gasps> the pearls. I know. Well, you know, like my wife will put on this Spotify mix. Sure. And you're listening to all these Christmas classics. And then, um, you know, then they slip in the, the requisite Mariah Carey song followed by follow, followed by Bublé. And, I just, uh, I don't know, man. I, 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 he's a throwback, which I, which I appreciate. It is. I think it's pretty cool, now. but like if, in a play, this already features Frank and Dean and Here's Sammy and Nat King Cole and, and Tony Listen, Bennett and, yes. and everything else I got going on. Like I just give me the original. So here's the thing. A, I agree that if you've got all those bangers, which I do legends, then that's fantastic. But if you're if you're around the house and you're doing your thing and you're you want the music playing for a long period of time, like a couple of, a couple of hours, there are only so many Christmas songs. You're going to repeat them. Oh, I, I probably have more Christmas songs in my playlist than I have Anderson Valley Winter Solstice beers. And yeah, I have a lot of Anderson Valley Winter Solstice beers. <laughs> I still have over seventy in my, in my in my uh, in my household. So I'm drinking one right now. Indeed, as am hmm. I. Well, hello. And uh, Merry Christmas to those of you who celebrate today. Um, as this show has come out, it is December uh, 20th, and um, we are in the thick of Hanukkah. And a day, was it night three, I want to say? Uh, I think it's night three tonight. And uh, I don't know when Kwanzaa is. I apologize. I forgot to look it up. Uh, so well, big apologies to those people. This is our happy holidays to all episode. It is. It is. It's the last episode the, of 2022. Now, I think last year, Jason, we uh, we went through, uh, was it last year or the year before, where, where we, we rated holiday singles? I Pearl believe Jam, it was or Pearl Jam Christmas 2020. Songs. I believe it was okay. the first, first year. Okay. Uh, I don't remember what we chose as number one. Do uh, I, I don't recall. I think Someday Christmas was my favorite. Mm. That was Santa a good one. God was up there. So it was don't uh, believe like crushing in Christmas. Jingle bells. Don't yeah. believe in Christmas. That's a good one. It is good. Um, well, if you're feeling uh, in the spirit, so are we. And we've got a lovely episode for you. Um, we've got a song later on for Lyric of the Week that will be a first of sorts. You'll see uh-huh. why in a minute. Um, and uh, we've got a segment uh, coming back for the first time in maybe six months. It's been a long time since we've done this. We're doing another retracking of an of, a, of an album. So uh, the album that we're going to do is wait for it. So before we get into that, that's what we call a tease. Are you in the one the one can over the ear thing? Uh, yeah. You look the like wife is, the, the wife's at a work party, and uh, Nest is not coming up on my phone. So I, so I actually have to periodically listen. <laughs> To see if uh, small voices are yelling my name. The Ninos. Uh, yeah, as the ghost of Christmas past uh, strikes fear <laughs> into their hearts in the middle of the night. <laughs> well, um, well, we'll we'll get through this. I I, I do want to mention there was a little bit of news this week. Uh, our friend Stone Gossard was interviewed by a radio station, and he said, here's the long and short of it. They hey, you know what? On music. Hold on one sec. They are calling for me. Hold <gasps> on one sec. <laughs> and we're pausing. <laughs> we're pausing. One sec. And just like that, no one has any clue how long you were gone and why you were gone. Yeah, I uh, I think it was a, a trip, a trip down um, to old Fezziwigs. <laughs> Which pill, red or blue, red or green? <laughs> oh. So, anyways, uh, our friend Stone Gossard was on the radio 
And he he mentioned that the guys had written some songs. Some were very much complete. Some were half-baked. Um, they had a little ways to go. They were taking some time off. They'd reconvene in the new year. And then, of course, the question was, well, when do you think this bad boy's coming out? And he yep. goes, ah, probably not until 2024. Right. So that is to be expected. I mean, they just toured all of 2022 for Gigaton. And uh, it just makes sense, I think, that we should expect to to have a whole year without really much from Pearl Jam before we get another record. Because once they put out another record, they're going to feel compelled to have to tour again. So <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if the record is ready well into 2023. But in all likelihood, you know, they're, they're, they're going to have to rest and recharge. I'm sure they have some side projects they want to do, a couple well, benefits, things like that. So Painted Shield is playing South by Southwest in March. So there's that. Yeah. Well, exactly. I'm a little, I'm a little disappointed only because you know from for my money, if you've got half of an album, so to speak, or a bunch of songs kind of ready to go, it's just it's a matter of just finding the time, and if it takes you more than a year to figure out how to do that and mix the damn thing, I'm getting greedy. I, I, I'm getting I don't greedy. even think that's it. I, I just think that they they don't want to put out an album in June and then you know wait until. 2024 to actually go on tour with it. You know what I mean? I, I think that they no, do do 20 dates at the end of the year and then do another 20 dates next year. Oh, well. come on. Back These guys are not, they are not spring chickens anymore. Exactly. They, they, they need a little exactly. bit of time to recharge. It's not like rush where they're just going to do this until they're in their graves. Come on. They haven't like... done shit in two months, three months. <laughs> what? Jeez. I'm just saying some of us are all thinking this. Oh huh? God. Father time is not too kind. Uh, no, so, look, I, I agree with you there. You know what would be cool is if we got those uh, masterpieces, as Stone called them, that were left on the cutting room floor well, of Gigaton sessions. Maybe they'll be a part of this album. Uh, maybe I, I doubt it, just because you know they're 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 doing a Lost Dogs too. All right, right. Hey, uh, one other thing, real quick, I just thought of um, Ten Club renewals, twenty twenty three. It's changed. Yeah, it's it's all streamlined now. It's all streamlined. There's there's one thing. It's thirty five bucks. Five of that goes to Vitalogy uh, Foundation, and there's gonna be like some new sections in the website. They're just for us and some goodies. And yeah. like I'm also thinking about when when's that vault coming out? When's that happening? Yeah, I, I mean, it, like, I didn't do? notice a change. I felt like basically my membership is what it is. They're just well, it hasn't changed different. yet. But even when it does, it, I don't think it's. I, I had analog. How is this really any different? Well, I think they're adding stuff. That we didn't have before. I mean, are they though? Like, what? What? what like, there's, a whole, there's a whole video section apparently. Yeah. You know, maybe there's some new goodies there. I don't know. Yeah. Don't. All right. Well, I'm not gonna look a gift horse in the gift gift horse gift horse in the mouth. Well, anyways, speaking of gift horses, here we are, a bunch of old misers complaining. Bah, ha- holiday season, days. instead of being grateful about gifts, actual gifts, like finding out there is another Pearl Jam album and getting a sense of when it actually might drop. I know. And and new membership perks. And we're over here, bah humbug. <laughs> you're right. That's the, the listeners like, God, these two. Damn it, you're right. Get over yourself. Well, you know what? Let, let's let's cleanse the palate real quick before we get into our, our main segment here with the newest review of our podcast. Let me pull it up here real quick. Oh. It's short. It's a short but sweet one. This is from like, like, like a sugar plum. Exactly. Dancing Five stars. heads of babes. So this person's from, um, you know, I, I can't really tell. Let's see. It's uh, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, Sunday. It said sun. I go, what the hell is sun? It's Sunday. So um, just a couple of days ago, Derek TL writes, mark your Tuesdays. Every Tuesday brings a new and exciting topic to listen in on and stir your own thoughts about Pearl Jam. Huh. You you know what? You're right. You're right, Derek. And today is a Tuesday. So sure is marked. Um, so yeah, if you would like Thank to you, Derek, for feeding the algorithm. Exactly. Yeah. Uh it costs you nothing but about 15 seconds. So get on your platform of choice. If you're on Spotify, you can rate five stars. If you're on Apple, you can um, write a review and do five stars if you'd like. That would be super helpful. And if you're in the giving spirit, of course, there is Patreon. Links are in the bio, in the descriptions of all the episodes, yada, yada, yada. And there are t-shirts as well. So there's th- there's things you could do if you wanted to. No big deal. No pressure at all. Yeah. We are just glad you're here. And well said. here means we are going to talk about retracking 
And for the first time in a long time, we're going to retrack an episode, uh, retrack an album. And that album this week is No Code. Oh, baby. Paul, before we get into it, I want to say that I had a hell of a time at first. I was like, oh, man, I don't know that there's much to change here. I, I love so many way, so many of the songs that go from one to the next. How can I do this? And then the old light bulb, light bulb came on. Uh, and you know where I'm going. You know, I had my little my little narrative. So I concocted a story and I can't wait to tell it to y'all. Uh, what, what did you make of this process for this album? You know, I, I think what it taught me was no code was uh, very well tracked and sequenced to begin with. Mm-hmm. I, I really did find that the way that that album was was constructed and, and what's interesting about it was it, it was contentious, you know, with, with Eddie really taking on a more prominent role in the band. <laughs> And how difficult that whole process was for Jeff. Not Eddie taking on a more prominent role necessarily, but just the recording of this album specifically. And uh, it, it's, it, I'm not saying it's a masterpiece, but for an album that I think left a lot of fans kind of feeling a little alienated, like you, you really saw that album was the, the precipice on which those casual fans of the first two albums really started to drop off. Mm-hmm. And those that were, real Pearl Jam fans that said, look, I'm invested in the journey that, I, that I'm on with these guys and wherever they go, I'm going to let them take me there. And, and I think no code, they said, well, we're, we're taking a detour friends and we're going somewhere different this time. And this was, was interesting because I thought to myself initially, I thought, oh, I'm going to go Frankenstein all over this thing. <laughs> and, and then I realized as I was, I was attempting to do that, how challenging it was actually. It really, really was. Um, and I, I, w- what it did was teach me just how special of an album this really is. And uh, I'm not necessarily saying that it's up there with 10, but I, I would definitely say that it's, uh, it, for me, I'm not going to lie, it's kind of giving Yield a run for its money right Ooh, now for me. Th- that, that, that statement right there is like catnip to some because some people, like the No Code fans, you know, the hipster fans, as I call them, who think no code is the greatest thing since, you know, sliced bread are be like, what? It's always been better. And then there are some who are like hipster light who, who think that yield is like the greatest thing ever. And I see both arguments. Yeah. And- th- th- they were always neck and neck for me, those two. And yeah. I just kind of, I don't know. I, I, I uh, rarely do we ever drop any nuggets as far as where, where we would rank albums. Sure. Right. It's yeah. we, we've been doing this for a while now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is a topic that we have <laughs> purposefully Not kept done. on the back burner. Yeah. But uh, I, I this is the only little little uh, teaser I, I guess I'll give, and I only say that um, in the context of of just how challenging it was to attempt to retract this in a way that left me feeling satisfied. Agreed. So um, let's just run through the songs real quick that were eligible. So of course you had the entire album of No Code. Uh, sometimes hail, hail, who you are in my tree, smile, off he goes, habit, red mosquito, Lucan, present tense, mankind, I'm open around the bend. And you had, it looks like six tracks that could have been possible to add if you'd like to add them. All night, Olympic platinum, black, red, yellow, dead man, don't give me no lip, happy when I'm crying. Um, I would argue there's more. Oh, are there more mm-hmm. that we, that we've heard fully fleshed uh, out? Well, what do you got? In the summer that they went in to do this album in 95, mm-hmm. they did indeed record All Night, Black, Red, Yellow. Uh, they also recorded Dead Man, mm-hmm. Grammy Out of Control. Mm. Uh, they they recorded Hard to Imagine again for some reason. I guess they, they kept wondering okay. if this was, this was going to be something that was going to actually show up on an album. Uh, they did Leave in Here. Um, they did... Uh, Tommy Who, which I'm guessing is a a, a fun little um, Who homage, uh, a song called 23 Street Chorus, a second cut of Lucan. I don't know if they just did it better. You know what I mean? If they just refined it or if this was a slowed down version, I don't know. They did a song called The Needle. They had uh, Stone's, Stone's uh, Sunburn track and they had Falling Down, which actually mm. made its way into the, uh, into the studio, apparently. And then... Uh, in 96, they, they did Olympic Platinum. So that, uh, uh, that was almost a year later. This is according to PearlJamOnline.it, which uh, has always been my go-to 
source for a recording session. So my question to you then, Paul, how many of those other things have you heard that you could say, okay, there's enough here that I would say if they recorded it properly, I'd include it. Well, I got it in long road are theoretically, according to this site, part of the no code recording sessions, but those were specifically, I, I, I feel part of the, the Neil Young, uh, Neil Young mirror I agree. I felt they were so, so, as did I. So I opted yeah. to leave those out even though uh, there, there's an argument to include them. So I would say all the, with the exception of those two, I would say all the other songs um, to me are, are fair game. One could argue that uh, Olympic platinum is maybe pushing it a little bit just because it was, it looks like it was recorded an entire year later from 95 to 96. Um, well, no code like, came out in 96. So if, unless it was, after it, it, it did. And, and, and that's fair. So I, I think that, uh, I'm fine including it because it is before the yield recording session. But let's, started. let's be honest though. Did you include it? Uh, Olympic platinum. The answer to that is no. Okay. Then there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, neither. So then with that all said, there's lots to choose from. Um, go ahead, kick us off. Go, go do your, do your track listing. Okay. So uh, I'm going to start with in my tree. Love it. I, uh, I, I look, I greatly, I have a great affinity for the way Pearl Jam Snowco currently begins. Uh, and, and Stip did a wonderful job in his recounting of this album on the sky scrape many, many moons ago, where he talked about the, the sometimes being this this lulling campfire tune that just draws us into the, this quiet, um, unique atmosphere that was very unfamiliar for us. And it's like, listen, come on down and have a seat. We're going to tell you a story. And then Hail Hail with this garage rock just rips right through. And, and that dichotomy was was a fantastic way to open it out. So I really struggled actually to yeah. replace that. I was tempted to say, okay, I'm just gonna stick with this. And then before I knew it, I realized that I wasn't really retracting anything that I just, I, I was finding that <laughs> I was that satisfied with the, uh, the current sequencing of the tracks. But I decided that in my tree to me, because this is so much, Eddie has his footprints and his handprints all over this uh, recording session. To me, it felt like this, this to me would have been the, the 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 true ushering in of not only what this era of Pearl Jam was was to be, but also what Eddie now was represent was representative of it as a member of the band. In the sense that just as the you know just like in my I'm sorry sometimes brings in the reader or I'm sorry the the listener I feel like in my tree to some degree does the very same thing, but it, it features that eclectic tribal beat with Jack. And I thought it was a wonderful way to announce a new drummer mm. as well. So it's like, let, let, let's take a a very forward, really all-encompassing trip, to borrow a line from a, <laughs> a later song on this album, into the mind of Eddie Vedder. And I think a lot of this album is very much that. And, and I think that uh, it's a perfect opening to an album. You get this cool beat that just kind of hits you. And you're like, whoa, man, okay. Okay. So this is what what we're doing. I think "Who You Are" could have been a cool opening track too, just because it kind of comes in slowly, and then and then mm-hmm. you get that that cool uh, eclectic world, the world beat with the guitar. But I like the opening drum beat within my tree. It it just to me says "Let's Go," and I think that every Pearl Jam album started with "Let's Go," whether it was "Once," whether it was "Go," um, "Last Exit." And I, I don't get that sense with sometimes, and I and True. I appreciate that actually. I think that's exactly what makes No Code different from those albums. But I think that you still get a sense of that quiet, um, reflective, very personal narrative feel that sometimes affords us. But you you get it in a way that also benefits from a very very prominently featured Jack. And I love the idea that that percussion opens up this album. That's a good more show. So, yeah. So like I'm that. gonna go in my tree to begin. Uh, following in my tree, I will stick with Hail Hail, which I think is Ooh, a perfect. Were you breaking up the sometimes Hail Hail combination? I, I did, yes. Nice. Which, which, okay. So Hail Hail to me is still that um, signature rocker of the album, and and I think as a second track, you really wanna wanna elevate things here. Uh, we had a, a pretty, pretty uh, anthemic ending to "In My Tree," so it really opens with, a, with what I think is is a pretty epic opening, uh, and, and and "Hail Hail" kind of changes the rock sound just enough where you get a sense that okay, this is not animal, 
You know what I mean? This, this is this is a different kind of rock than I'm hearing on this album. Uh, so from Hail Hail, I actually am going with Falling Down. I think Ooh. Falling Down is a, a, a perfect third track on this album. I like breaking up the In My Tree and Who You Are, uh, you know, drum pairing. Uh, I think it works beautifully on the original album sequencing. But I think for this particular retracking, you know, we went up with Hail Hail, let's bring it back down again, a little softer. To me, this could have been a, a real hit. I think if Falling Down was released and it was a third song on this album, it would have, it, it, to me, it would have been this album's Given to Fly. I really think that if they had nailed this properly in the studio, maybe they never did. I don't know. I feel like, you know, we had that live at Red Rocks cut and that was essentially it. But th this song to me had a lot of potential. And um, I would have loved to have seen them really flesh this out a little bit more. They, they only tried it the one time during these sessions. You know, they didn't try it again. And, and clearly they decided to leave it off for a reason. But I think it would have had a, a, a very, very sound and welcome place here as the third track i would have then brought in jack again for who you are as the fourth track here which would have been a buffer in between that and smile uh, after smile i would have kept off he goes so there's a, a little bit of familiar sequencing here mm -hmm. i would have dumped habit and i would have replaced it with all night i think mm. that you, you 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 if you want that rough dirty grungy garage rock sound um all night to me does it a heck of a lot better than uh, um, than Habit does, and we talked with Brad and with, with Brad Clausen and uh, Stip last time around, and, and I, you know Brad talked a little bit about what it's like when the band just kind of all when, when they record together, and he specifically mentioned this song as a kind of a, a, a great um, example, I guess, of, of, of how successful collaboration amongst the band members can be when they all come in and they work on something together as mm -hmm. opposed to when somebody brings in something that's mostly completed and everyone just jumps in and compliments it. So to me a song like All Night gives me everything that I want from Habit and so much more. So to me I just I didn't see a place for Habit on this record speaking as a child of the 90s which I am not I'm a child of the 80s but I, I do think that uh, it would be pretty cool to have a song like All Night actually on the album. And I, I really think that it would be a song that would be more fondly re remembered and probably played a lot more, actually, if <laughs> uh, if it had found its way on and on. There's just a great callback on this record. And uh, I don't know, got all night. I don't know, I, I, I just, I, I feel like, you know, you and I heard it at Ohana, right? So yep. I, I think that it would be a song that would be a, a, a pretty fun tune that we hear a lot more often in shows if it actually appeared on the album. I would then jump into Red Mosquito. And uh, so you know, we, we've had a, a pretty abrasive sandpaper, sandpaper-esque style of rock here. And I think this is where it's time to go sometimes. I think this is where mm. we got to go sometimes. So we kind of bring mosquito. it. Yeah, we bring it to a lull at this point in time. Uh, we've had a lot of hard rock here. We had uh, All Night. We had Red Mosquito. Before that, we had Off He Goes. But then before that, we had Smile. We had Hail Hail a little bit earlier than that. Some eclectic world beats from Jack. I think sometimes at this point, it's almost the midpoint of the record. It's a little bit past that. But it to me, it's a marker that what comes next is going to be uniquely different than what we just heard. So I'd have to look at the TRT, that the original minute count for this record was a little over 49 minutes. I think sometimes it'll be the perfect opening song on the side B of a, of a record and you flip mm. this thing over. So I may have to rearrange it looking back on it later, where maybe I would stick sometimes above Red Mosquito so it could actually serve that purpose. Mm -hmm. And But but I'd have to, uh, the reason I didn't is because Around the Band and Present Tense, which are on the side of the album, are actually longer songs and I felt like and I added actually an extra song here. So I felt like I would, would be able to get away with keeping sometimes as the beginning of side B, but in all likelihood, I'd have to alternate those two time-wise. Um, so after sometimes, again, what, what made sometimes and Hail Hail work was that, you know, quiet opening and then rip roaring <laughs> secondary. I know where you're going. Right, so we're going Lucan next, yep. okay? Uh, it, it's a perfect pairing here, I think, mostly because it's the most frenetic song on the album. Um, I actually think that it does the job that Hill Hill does a heck of a lot better in this <gasps> in, a, 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 as a follow-up to sometimes not okay. as as All right. a, as the job Hill Hill was meant to do. Uh, 
Then it's time to start stretching things. So I like the idea of going present tense next. Um, it to me it becomes the uh, the kind of song on an album that in in many ways defines it. I think in a lot of ways that this is this is to no code what do the evolution was to yield what nothing as it seems is to binaural um, in a lot of ways what rear view mirror is to versus uh, what porch is to 10 uh, I, I, you know some people would say well porch doesn't define 10 I mean maybe I mean, one of the most iconic moments I think of 10 is uh, the unplug sessions and I think porch in a lot of ways was representative of, of, of a band that was just willing to literally stand on stools stand on rafters stand on whatever it took to make sure that uh, they did it their way and their point was made clear uh, present tense to me was a, a much more mature band it was a, a group of artists that were settling into their 30s at this point in time that started to recognize the power of uh, now and I think that it, it's, a, it's a great mid-tempo song here what's well, really more of a, a slower tempo that builds to mid um, and after this i love you know i took mankind out but rather than get rid of the one song in the pearl jam catalog that is, that's purely stone i, did, I replaced it with another i love this stone song. amazing uh, so i i went with sunburn here which i think is a vastly underrated song uh on an album with song with a song like around the bend um, on an album with a song like Off He Goes, there is absolutely a place for Sunburn here. And I think because of the style of composition that Around the Bend is and mm -hmm. the style of composition that of Off He Goes is, I think that has a lot to do with why Sunburn was initially left off. But why not just keep adding more of that color? To me, that's part of what No Code is about. So I would have loved to have seen Sunburn in place of Mankind here. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's enough garage rock on here. I don't need mankind. And I, quite frankly, I, I don't think it's a well-written song. Um, I think if we had sunburn here, I, my gut says we, we'd hear a lot more stone at live shows. I think this is the kind of song that actually would, would make its way into live performances. I'm not saying it would be played all the time, but I do think that it would be played more frequently than mankind ever is. So after Sunburn, I'm going to stick with I'm Open, and then I'm going to end with Around the Bend. So it's a really cool um, kind of Led Zeppelin 3 mm. feel to that that side B of the record. Uh, and that that opening half kind of has a, a little bit of that... Um, well, I mean, really, in a lot of ways, this is Led Zeppelin 3. I it think when, when, you, when you add the, the, these yes. types of songs on there, so... I like it. So you you've omitted mankind and you've added sunburn, sunburn. and falling down. So you correct. You, 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 you I took off habit and I replaced right. it with all, right. all night. That's right. That's right. So you actually lost. You lost two. You lost two and gained three. Correct. Got it. Interesting. Wow. Okay. So we're still under an hour. Yes, I think so. Right. But well, yeah, because we were at forty nine minutes, and I I basically just added a song. So. Wow. Okay. Wow. Well, this is going to be quite different to yours then. Uh, That's I, good. I, it is. And I, I love that these are always very different because your way always makes a lot of sense. And then my way is like, you got to have like a microdose. I, you, you're always mushrooms. going concept album here. I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> I am. And let's just, let's just get to it then. Let's just get to it. Let's do it. Um, I'm going to start off my album with Off He Goes. I like opening with this one a because it sets the tone the crackling campfire vibe yeah count in i like that and so for me this is like this is ed's friend seeing ed and yeah i mean he's coming undone and wishes there was a way to help his friend this is as we know ed writing a story about him himself being a shitty friend from the third person so let's just roll with this and turn this idea into a full album arc. This is where it all started for me. Because like I said at the very beginning, when I first got to this album, I go, shit, this is uh, pretty good. It's pretty good by itself. How do I mess with this? Here's how we mess with this. So from off he goes, we go into Lucan. Bang! Wow. 
This is Ed now. This is Ed speaking. First song is Ed's friend speaking. Now this is Ed speaking. Um, this is Ed, and he's out of his mind. Right? He's upset. He's freaked out. He needs to find escape. Musically, this creates a similar bang effect. Following off he goes, as Hail Hail does too sometimes on the real album. So I like this one too. From Lucan, we got to bring it up a notch, as I tend to do uh, from track two to three. I am going to keep Habit and put it oh, okay. right here. Wow. Um, in the scope of the of all the songs, I think it's a it's a weak track, but because we're doing this exercise, I'm keeping it in. <laughs> okay. So Habit's gonna stick around. Um, we're gonna continue down the Ed spiral, and he could very easily turn to drugs to cover up the pain and the discomfort. But he's ta- he's talking himself out of it, right? It's not your way. He sings. Um, he's talking to himself, in my opinion. He's he he he's he's really having a hard time here, but he's still got enough wits about him to see that drugs and that path will not solve his problems. He's seen too many friends fall victim to this path, and again, musically. I really like following a rocker with something maybe even more uh, notched up. So off he goes, Luke and Habit. From there, we go Red Mosquito. Musically, we're taking a slight step back. This song thematically kind of plays out of habit really well for me. Uh, The Little Red Mosquito, the devil, if you will, is the temptation to give into the isolated, freaked out feeling by going down the drugs path. But Ed is staying strong, even if it's proving really difficult you know ultimately he realizes he has the power to control his bubble his world you know that line there if i had known then what i know now is meant to say we could have avoided all the turmoil of the last couple of songs if he had the wisdom he's got now well this wisdom shows him he's got agency he can actively find some peace so what is he gonna do he's going up literally i like it in my tree is next. So if drugs aren't the solution, isolation and reflection are. So Ed has found some balance, oddly enough, hanging out precariously on the branches of a tall tree. And he believes he's found a place where he can center himself and grow up and get out of the funk that he's in. He's so far away at this point that, that when he yells or waves at them, they can't even see that it's happening, right? As, as the song says. That's okay to Ed, though. He's gaining self-confidence being up there in that tree. This is good. We're making some progress here. From there, I'm going into Sometimes. Now, to your point, this could be the album break. This could be if the timing matches up, and you'll see why this is the timing where it could be the halfway point. Starting side B, Sometimes. So when you're alone and finding your self-confidence you think about new beginnings you you think about what you thought you knew and what you think about life now pondering the big guy with his big eye you know if i can elude myself a little bit uh and big fingers as he says in this song it, it's natural in this moment so within this thought ed also understands that within the complex dance of humanity he's got a part to play even as small as he is. He's found wisdom, self-confidence, a little bit of humility here. And with this comes vulnerability, which and you know, sometimes is can be tested. So from there, we're going to hail hail. I'm keeping the sometimes hail okay. hail one two punch. You are. All right. On side B. So hail hail, here we go. After a softer musical break, we're back up, as it were, with hail hail. I, I love the Sometimes Hail Hail 1-2 Punch on the record, and we're going to keep it. Uh, it's a perfect way um, to keep the aesthetic of my retracking with in, uh, in line with that feeling. And I mentioned vulnerability, you know, that comes with being comfortable in your own skin. It's, it's not a mistake to be vulnerable. There is strength in that, but it doesn't mean you, it doesn't mean that you won't be tested. Relationships will always test you, and Ed is no exception. Even though he's come down from his tree, and ready to meet the world again, love isn't always so forgiving. Sure, you have to love yourself before you can love someone else or accept theirs, but it's not simple arithmetic. And Ed accepts that it isn't luck that helps you stay in love, but he acknowledges that those who find and remain in love are in fact lucky, if that makes sense. Yep. So from there, we gotta go to smile. That love didn't work out 
no matter how hard they tried. But because Ed had weathered himself in the right ways beforehand, he's able to move on. Sure, he misses that person, that's natural, and that's okay. But he's still smiling because he's happy he's allowed himself to feel it all. He didn't run from the bad feelings, he let himself feel through them. That time in the tree helped him find balance and ultimately the strength to be comfortable feeling the lows as well as the highs, tree pun intended. So, all right. from Smile, we've got to go to I'm Open. Now, Ed has decided to return back to the camp where his friends uh, were left at the beginning of the album. On, on off he goes he's coming back okay this is the voiceover this song i'm open is the voiceover of that journey it's the montage of ed's return to his friends and loved ones he left a while back to find himself in balance a beautiful bit of transitional music both thematically and musically and ed tells us and his friends that he's now open and inviting them all to come in remember vulnerability is strength yeah okay from there, present tense. Ed is back with his friends and he's got a message for them. Some things he's learned while he was away. Now, most listening have known these lessons, but they listen anyway intently because they love seeing Ed understand them too. It's confirming, it's warming, and ultimately it's a celebration to get to the end of the musical uh, part of this song. There's a subtle swagger in Ed's voice, a warning to anyone who might be you know, listening in us mm-hmm. uh, on this conversation he's having um, to heed his lessons and not make the same mistakes he made. So now we're going to end the album with Around the Bend. Fitting. He has, uh, he being Ed, has left the group again, but this time on better terms. The group has disintegrated of its own volition as groups of friends do, but the original friend of Ed remains to sing this song about his buddy, the singer of Off He Goes. He'll see Ed again, and he can't wait. It's a different goodbye to the one and off he goes. This song is a lullaby of sorts, but here, I think it's a see you later friend Ah. to a friend who's changed for the better, a happier, healthier person. And that's where we end the album. So I thought of this album almost like there were two characters, Ed and the main friend. And Ed's friend is essentially the singer in the first one and the last one. And everything in between is Ed. From his perspective, going through it, quote unquote, it. Um, and so that second to last song, uh, present tense, is kind of the apex, the emotional fulfillment of the album, while the last track is kind of the lovely epilogue. And you'll notice I didn't add anything. No. Nope. But I did remove two songs. I removed Mankind and I removed Who You Are. And it's not necessarily because I think this, the songs are too weak for the record, um, because I left Habit on, but because I was making a narrative. They didn't seem to fit. I was trying to get who you are in there where it didn't feel redundant and I couldn't do it. So I stuck with these tracks uh, for my retracking. Hey, man, I uh, I appreciate this. I like how you you stayed in the lane, actually. A little different than what I did. So great for the listener to kind of have two varying ways to look at this. So give me your track listing from top to bottom. All right, I'll go first here, and then you do yours. So I've got Off He Goes, Lucan, Habit, Red Mosquito, In My Tree, Sometimes, Hail Hail, Smile, I'm Open, Present Tense, and Around the Bend. And you? For me, I'm uh, In My Tree, Hail Hail, Falling Down, Who You Are, Smile, Off He Goes, All Night. Then I'm actually going to make a quick pivot. I'm going to flip it to Sometimes here, followed by Red Mosquito. So we're on side B now with Sometimes opening then Red Mosquito, Lucan, uh, no, I'm sorry, sometimes, then Lucan, then Red Mosquito, present tense, sunburn in place of mankind. I'm open around the bend. Wow. There you go. Yeah. What do you guys make of that, huh? It was a tough one, but uh, we managed to get through it, and I I know you guys have thoughts. I know you're going to chime in. Can't wait to read those comments and those thoughts about our choices, what your choices would be, this is a divisive record for a lot of different reasons, and our retracking ideas might be divisive as well. I don't know, but it maybe this is good uh, fodder for your holiday meal conversations. I don't know. Maybe your, your well, friends care about this. I guess one thing to kind of end with, not the, this episode per se, but the, this particular segment was going back to what you opened it with, which was uh, 
or what you opened the episode with, which was a conversation that Stone had about the upcoming album. And this whole record was really driven by Ed taking a very different role in the band and presenting a very different recording process. And when we think about the upcoming album, which is produced by Andrew Watt, I just want to read one more quote from the same article. From Stone, he says, Andrew's a total character. Really, like immediately, we were writing quickly, spontaneously, bringing a riff, let's knock it out. Matt Cameron is playing his ass off. Uh, the aim was to make looser music. What is another process? How is it that we can do something new? What's the next step? We're talking about trying different formations of how to generate song ideas, particularly ones that move us in a cool direction or in a direction that makes people go, ah. So, <laughs> no code definitely made us say, ah. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like we'll be coming full circle in uh, our next album whenever Pearl Jam decides to release it. It's good stuff. It's all good stuff. Um, again, let us know what you think about it. And uh, from there, we're going to move on to our Lyric of the Week. Lyric of the Week this week, obviously, coming from the No Code sessions. It comes from No Code itself. I told you it's the first. It's Mankind. It's all just All right, Paul, Mankind, the first track we've ever done where Stone is the one singing and not Ed. Yeah. Um, this is the chorus. So what do you make of this? You know, a lot of the song is just kind of a meditation on human nature. Mm -hmm. And I think in a lot of ways, he kind of nails it. This idea that we're all faking it in some way or another. You know, we're all posing. We're all trying to be something or present something that isn't a true, authentic reflection of who we are. Uh, and who we are, of course, is uh, <laughs> a song mm. on this record, mm -hmm. right? So, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think it's a uh, it's a very honest take, and I think it, it, in many ways one could argue that it it belongs on this record, a record that that has so much honest authenticity, a, a record with a song like um, "Hail Hail," a record with a song like "Present Tense," and off he goes. Honesty is a motif that recurs throughout this record. And I think in, in many ways, Mankind is an embodiment of that, at least from Stone's point of view. I think it would have made a fantastic and interesting B-side <laughs> to this album, though. <laughs> well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take what you just said, and I'm going to expand on it because I 100% I agree. Um, I will say this. I'll pose this question, let's say. Yep. Why do we choose to showcase ourselves in a false light to strangers? I think uh, we do that because we need validation. We need mm -hmm. respect. We, yes. we we want to control how others perceive us. Mm -hmm. I think Stone originally meant for this song to be about materialism to a degree. But these lyrics remind me of a conversation I had with my wife recently. So many people uh, who, well, in real life, but especially on social media, they 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 showcase a world that doesn't really exist, a facade. Uh, a version of their lives that seems amazing and carefree without worry or major conflict. And of course, this is never the case. Okay. So my question is, why are we lying? You know, why do we not show all facets of ourselves with those who follow us online? If, if you want to show anything at all, why not just show the full circle? Yeah. What is this? What is this fascination with imitation and simulation to borrow the terms from stone? But if you hear me burping, it's because I got the the solstice in me. I apologize. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I agree with Stone's question. What's got the whole world fit, world thinking? Uh, is it that we want to trick everyone into thinking our grass is greener than theirs? Are we hesitant that people won't accept us if we show them our true reality? Is it a competition for the most likes and? What does this do to our brain cells? Like, seriously, the chemistry in our brains can't be liking this kind of thing. And also, by the way, most importantly, bearing the lead, what's the damn point? Um, it's truly a question I cannot answer, but it's the, it's one that I think we as a society may need to 
to discover and seriously dwell on because we've turned into a fickle, superficial people obsessed with impressing everyone, but for what and to what end? You know, they say it's exhausting and a waste of energy to hate something or someone. I would argue it's just as wasteful and exhausting to carry on down this path of trying to showcase a life of yours that doesn't truly exist. You know, one line that I haven't mentioned yet, which I think is key, is that first line. And I don't mean mine. Mm. Stone is cheekily admitting his character here knows he is also participating in this same wasteful exercise of cheating the world, the real him. but that you, the listener, should ignore his participation, a tongue-in-cheek critique of the hypocrisy of some out there, the do-as-I-say-not-as-I-do crowd. And I think that was a really clever touch to a song that we both agree is, you know, it's a song. Yeah. Uh, but he, but he's right here. It makes me uh, look in the mirror and ask, am I admonishing those who do this, but also misrepresenting my reality? Yeah. So, so I'm trying to do better. I'm trying to be better at not doing that on my own personal channels, be it Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever the hell. Um, you know, what has that led to? Actually, less usage of those platforms overall? Now, isn't that something else? I mean, I, yep. I don't know that I actually use these platforms on a personal level nearly as much as I did three, four, eight, twelve 12 years ago. Um, okay. Because now I'm realizing, I'm thinking to myself, what, what, what is the, what is the point? What is the point? Unless I'm, I'm, I am giving off a a real um, question or posing something real that I actually want real conversation on, and maybe I'll get it, and that's cool. But I got some friends out there who they're just everything they post is like it's fucking leave it to Beaver stuff. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's all <laughs> gravy, and I'm like, there is no. I have been around you guys. It is not all gravy, and that's okay. But why are you cheating the world of what, like, what's the point? I don't understand what the point is. You're not on social well, media very much, especially not on anything but Facebook. But like, uh, rarely, rarely, and, and rarely at that. that. So like, I, I just don't get what the effing point is. <sighs> Give it all, do all the things, show us completely who you are. Or don't show anything. I, I, I mean, it's up to everybody personally. You do what you want to do. That's, that's totally cool. But like for those who choose to only show the good stuff, Why? Well, I, I think again, it's it's trying to control the narrative, you know. But why? Fear of what? Not being liked. Fear of not being uh, appreciated. Fear of the real self not being accepted. Is that is that not though then a a fear of one's own shortcomings? of weak-mindedness, of fragility, of lack of self-confidence. That's an internal problem, not an external problem. Agreed. I, without a doubt, it's internal conflict that's driving the need to have avatars represent us <laughs> in, in so many ways. I think uh, the solution to that is to, to really focus as early as early primary and grade school uh, education on developing a strong sense of self so yes. kids grow up comfortable in their own skin um you know th there's this word tolerance that's used a lot and i don't like it i i think it's uh it's it, the suggestion behind a word it like implies that, the wrong thing it implies that there is something wrong and we just have to like hold our nose and, and accept and deal when when in reality i think it's it's more about acceptance it's it's more about embracing differences it's more about and some would argue that's, that's semantics, but I, I would say, well, there's I, I would not. I mean, I, I think words have meanings. Sure, exactly. So it's important, and the youth of this country, uh, the youth of the world, quite frankly, would benefit from probably unplugging from a lot of this stuff more often, and getting out there and just trying to have real world conversations with real world people. It's it's it, it's quite it's it's a stunning, appalling, abhorrent to think how many people's lives have been altered by what strangers write in comment sections oh, of their man. tweets. I mean, it's this is just the world world that we live in. So, comment we sections. have to, yeah. <laughs> that's that's where 
that's where many things go to die. Uh, Coming from two guys who opened up their episode sharing a comment from that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we asked for it. We asked. We for did it. ask for it. You know, it's the, look, the algorithm depends on it. Okay, yeah. you and I don't depend on it, but the <laughs> no, algorithm. Does, the algorithm and that's does. The, the algorithm. The algorithm. Algorithm is a as a uh, unsatiable, uh, uh, insatiable beast. <laughs> um, I feel like we maybe offended some of you, but maybe not. Hopefully no, not. not at all. I look, I think that, that I don't think anybody listening is, is, is thinking, Hey, you know, and look, we've had, God bless these people for this. We've had people who have written us personally yeah, yeah, and yeah. said, Hey, I don't agree with your take on this strongly enough where they're like, look, we actually had a listener boycott an episode at one That's point true. and, and yeah, flat yeah. out told us that they were going to do it mm-hmm. by all means, you Go know, that it. is a right to be exercised. And, uh, in no way, shape, or form, though, does that completely alter, you know, who I see myself as as, as a person. And I don't think the, the 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 person who did that would even want that. You know what I'm saying? I think it was simply a point being made about stances and about content. And that at the same time, it was it was coupled with the fact that you know these are the the, the parts of what you guys do that that I love. And you know, in no way do we need to um see ourselves differently but at the same time like we do have a responsibility to to try and make this interesting and fun because otherwise why the heck does anyone want to listen to us babble on for an hour (laughs) yeah well listen again it's um i guess the ultimate point for me coming out of this song and these lyrics is uh we would hope at least i would hope that um everyone has a strong sense of self or finds finds that at some point and yes. is the most most authentic version of themselves and without apology and that was so that's what was so great about some of the um i don't want to say contentious feedback but but feedback that challenged us that we and have received great. over the last couple of years periodically every so often from a listener here and there uh, and, and there was authenticity to that feedback, and it was very clearly a listener being true to him or herself. And I, I, I had nothing but respect for that, mm-hmm. truly. And yeah. uh, and 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 it has always resulted in, in honestly, uh, an expression on our part of gratitude and saying we really, really appreciate the fact that you, you, you are being true to yourself, that you're being authentic, and and you know we we hope that we're successful in, in, in creating something compelling enough to bring it back next week. And invariably I, I, we have yet to have somebody that came back and said, you know what? Done. You guys done. Just n- not having it anymore. And that that's, that's, you know, hopefully that that's the case, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I, I, again, be you, be a strong version of you. Don't apologize. Be kind. You know, don't, don't, yeah. don't be yourself and be a dick about it, but be kind. Core values, right? Respect, <laughs> kindness, commitment, Golden responsibility. Rule, all that shit. There you go. <laughs> exactly. Wait, what, what Paul said when, <laughs> when I said what I said. Uh, yeah, there we go. So let's go listen to the best live version of this. There's 45 of these motherfuckers. Oh, God. Well, let's find the best version of this one in our live cut of the week. Ready? Okay, Paul. Mankind, man, this was a, this is a gem. So it's a rare gem. Uh, where and when are we going for mankind? Uh, this people are gonna like roll their eyes when they hear this, but the reality is, I want to hang a '96 for this. Okay, mm-hmm. and uh, you could really pick any version you want from later years that you think excels because it's stone singing, and and I think that it's 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 a song that it was challenging for me to have to listen to 45 versions of this. <laughs> so I, you know, the, the, the beautiful part of, of this process is that I really do try to limit myself to, to the, the era of the album, uh, of which there aren't that many great sounding recordings. Cause it's not like they were busting this thing out every show. Only about a dozen or so from that era. So yeah. And not all of those are great sound quality. We've we talked about, you know, give us a vault release from yeah. no code, oh, you know, my God. Well, we don't have a lot. So, you know, we have maybe three or four, maybe five shows that are, are pretty good quality and all, all of them feature mankind. So with a roll of the eyes, as I'm sure those of you listening are going to 
to, to send us. Uh, we're going to Berlin on November 3rd, 1996. Again. You know, many of the uh, the final listeners might be rolling their eyes, and uh, I only laughed when you told me what it was. But listen, as no, you Lord said, Lord have before, mercy, I believe. Was your give response. us? <laughs> it might have been actually. Give us a damn vault, and we won't have this problem anymore. But listen, yeah. th- this version, I would say the first thing I really picked up on. Well, there's two things that really stuck out to me. One of them was how tight it is because it, the it last is tight. the last like fifteen to twenty versions we've heard uh, over the last. 20 years they're pretty loosey-goosey because it's very random that they play the song now so even even with those high audio quality uh performances those aren't going to qualify anyways um this is tight uh mike has a really cool like harmonics thing happening in the second yep. verse that i love jeff seems to be super dialed in and having a lot of fun in this one coming out of the interlude you heard the crowd clapping in time mind yep. you what is it about non-American crowds that crush it at clapping in time? It, look, it, it, it's a high quality sound recording and it, it's a good performance and the crowd's actually into it. So it's like, well, Amazing. What, what, for, for a song like Mankind, well, how many more boxes do we really need to check off here? <laughs> who Who is clapping? If it's just imitation, like people are into it. I know. I know. I, I know I'm going against my own Americanness by saying all those non-American crowds, but like, listen, Go to the South American boots, the Asian boots, the European boots, um, the Oceania boots. People are clapping in time. It's incredible. They're very good yeah. at it. We have to up our game. We do. We just up our, our clapping game. But what you can do 
is you can wish whoever is near you that you enjoy a very Merry Christmas and a, a happy Hanukkah and a happy Kwanzaa and a happy holiday and a happy new year and all that good stuff because we've come to the end of 2022 and we really appreciate um, you guys spending time with us. We've said it a lot over the last few episodes. It is that time of this, the year to to feel ooey gooey. And um, I'm finishing up my winter solstice. Like I said, I do have plenty more, but this one's gone, Paul. That one is gone. And um, I just want to say, yeah, uh, thanks for everybody for another year. We'll be back in 2023 in a couple of weeks with another new episode. And uh, any closing thoughts for the year, Paul, before we head into uh, uh, the holidays? Just that if Eddie Vedder is listening, which I know he's not, but if he was, uh, go online, pick up your guitar, and give us a cover of White Christmas. Just you and uh, a semi-electric guitar, just like nice, clean sound. Just give us, uh, give us White Christmas. I think it would be Ooh. a really, really cool cover. I think he'd nail it, quite frankly. And uh, yeah, that's that. That's that. Maybe they'll revive the holiday single for for the new Ten Club. Oh, how uh, epic would that thing. be? And, and instead of getting that single in July of the following year, we would actually <laughs> July of twenty six. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dreaming. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, good times. All right, guys, that's it. That's it for 2022. That's it for the show. That's it for this episode. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Again, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy New Year, all that crap. And uh, yeah, that's it. We'll see you next year. And until we do, you've been listening to The State of Love and Trust.